0: Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Couch Potato Podcast. And on today's show, I'm joined by a good friend, Jason. Jason, why don't you tell the guys and gals what we're uh, talking about today?
1: We are reviewing AEW's pay-per-view, 2023's All-In from Wembley Stadium.
0: That's right. We're going to give you our thoughts on each one of the matches, give you our thoughts and reviews. And we're going to discuss the Bruja backstage between Jack Perry and CM Punk. So... After the guitar riff, the Couch Potato Podcast presents to you the AEW All-In Recap Show. All right, I am joined this week by Jason. Jason, how's it going, man? How's life been treating you lately?
1: I um. Not too bad. <laughs> how's how things been your way?
0: Uh well, uh, not to divulge anything in the uh, the old personal life too much, but yeah, it's been a very hectic week. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, super hectic. But you know, I think things are starting to settle down a little bit now. Kids are back in school. Uh, you know, the activity, nice. the school activities are done and over with, or the uh, the you know the summer activities. You know, like sports all that stuff settling down start to get into this uh school routine so yeah i I think i think it's good but chaotic but um uh wanted to bring you on the the show tonight uh for those of you that may or may not be aware uh aew put on a little bit of a, a little wrestling show over in england on sunday uh all in uh sold out Wembley pretty much. Uh, I believe Nigel McGinnis during the broadcast said that they had a paid attendance of 81,035 people, which I guess, depending on who you believe is the largest crowd for a wrestling show of all time.
1: You think Vince a would have something to say about that with uh, the silver dome.
0: Uh, you know what? I don't know that. Well, uh, WrestleMania 32, I think, had 101,000 people, they said. But, but the WWE has been notorious to fudge the numbers, and it really depends on like how they defined attendance. Because I know AEW considered the 81,000 paid attendance, and then uh, during the media scrum, Tony Khan said between like, staff and the wrestlers and... Everyone else, like essential personnel inside the building, they were closer to 90,000.
1: I mean, that's pretty pretty epic for a company that started, what, three or four years ago?
0: I believe they're yeah. coming up on their fifth uh, anniversary in... Well, I guess it depends on their anniversary. Uh, Dynamite would be five years old, I think, in October.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's pretty... Pretty cool for a company that's still kind of working to to build themselves to have mm-hmm. that kind of crowd and an international crowd at that. I mean, of course, you know the people in in London love their wrestling, but I mean that's pretty pretty special to have that type of crowd.
0: Yeah, well, it was uh, their first time uh, basically doing a tour outside of. Canada and the United States. Um, I did uh, during uh, my research for this, AEW is actually more popular in the UK than the
1: WWE. I, You know, looking at it, I think it's kind of the, I don't know, I don't know if I would say the diversity of the roster, but maybe a lot of the, the, the wrestlers on Roster, the roster of the I think, majority of them kind of honed their craft overseas,
2: mm-hmm. whether it
1: be in Japan, Europe, and I think that played into their favor. But I mean, that crowd was unbelievable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah the the crowd like they they got there and they they came to rock and roll like they yeah. were. They were on fire through the majority of that show. I mean, but anytime AEW puts on a show, sometimes it feels almost like a war of attrition. Because you, like, what I really like about what WWE's done with their premium live events over the last couple of years, it's like it's three hours and that's it. Except for WrestleMania. WrestleMania runs longer, but it's WrestleMania. But AEW seems to run a little long. And there's times when they uh when they run shows on a non holiday weekend i I get to about that eleven thirty point when the main event's getting ready to start, and I just think to myself, "Fuck, I'm gonna pay for this tomorrow morning
1: oh yeah, <laughs> I don't miss that about um w w e when they were doing their they would run long and God, that that next morning was well the one that comes to mind. What's the WrestleMania where uh, the women headlined? I can't remember the number thirty five. Maybe it might have
0: been thirty five. Yeah, you talking about with Rousey, Charlotte, and yeah, that WrestleMania was. It's like fucking tune in tomorrow for the conclusion.
1: Yeah, it was after one o'clock when I remember. I think Charlotte was uh taking that helicopter mm. and I was like, God damn, like I can't stay out of this. Like I gotta work at seven.
0: Yeah, I think I had a, I think I called in sick the next day, like, I'm not gonna be in, I've got a stomach bug, but it's just like fuck like there's no way I'm going in. <laughs> but
1: Yeah, that was terrible, but I mean it didn't feel like that long of a show. I mean it just I mean, you really had solid uh, solid action after solid action every match. So mm-hmm. that was good.
0: Yeah, it, it just seemed like it kind of flew right by. And I don't know why more companies don't do this. I really like the 1 p.m. start time, especially on a Sunday, because in a couple of weeks, the NFL is starting up. So kind of gets you... In the mode for football, like NFL football, is like okay. Well, now wrestling's at one o'clock, and then like here in a couple of weeks, football's like just you don't skip a beat.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it could be interesting. I I like the Saturday pay per view. Um,
0: I do I I do prefer the the WWE Saturday format because yeah, you don't have to, if it runs long, you've got Sunday, uh, and then like yeah AEW. AW is pretty good though for the most part. There's shows outside of um, Revolution and then Forbidden Door. They run them uh, on a holiday weekend. Well, uh, in full gears on Saturday. So, yeah. so you only got the two pay per views that run like just on a normal Sunday night that seem to go super long. But yeah, I I love the Saturday format. I wish that uh they would just adopt that. UFC does it, WWE does it. Now I don't understand why AEW doesn't do it either.
1: Well, they've got collision on Saturday
0: night. Oh yeah. That's that's true. And um before we get into uh all in, uh speaking of collision, I sure you have heard the uh the story that broke uh Sean Ross Sapp broke this story right in the middle of the uh Takesta Bullet Club Gold versus uh, Kenny Hangman and uh, Ibushi match, but uh, there was apparently a bit of a brouhaha backstage between one Jack Perry and CM Punk. Yeah,
1: like, what the? Hell? I'm trying to think. Is this is this uh, is this a work? <laughs> but I don't know. Like, what the hell is this guy's problem? I mean. Now, granted, we all knew the rumors going in about uh, CM Punk confronting him, about uh, confronting Jack Perry, about wanting to use real glass in a match. And, you know, Punk telling him it wasn't safe to do. Mm. But then to kind of, I don't want to say go into business for yourself. But to make the comment that Jungle Boy did on the pre-show about the glass from the, the limo, I kind of felt like he did uh, he did that to kind of to poke at CM Punk, and he probably should have just kept the damn mouth shut about it. Like, mm. I mean, he probably could have made a reference to it without exactly saying saying it the way he did, but. I uh, no, I'm not gonna take any side in this because I think it's kind of petty on both sides.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I don't blame Punk, and as the kind of the year has gone on, I kind of see his point of view in the whole uh, brawl after All Out last year. Like you know, granted, he took shots at you know Kenny and the Bucks, but then they go into his locker room to confront him about it, and it's like, okay, you know. Shit's going to go down. And I personally, I don't understand why people are trying to pick a fight with CM Punk anyways. Granted, his MMA record, not the greatest, but he's still a trained MMA fighter. And I would not want to fuck with somebody that could easily like break my arm or my my ankle on a whim. Exactly.
1: Well, you have that, and I don't think we're ever really going to get the full story of what actually happened um <laughs> there's reports saying that punk confronted him and others saying that you know jack confronted him cm punk i don't know and <clears throat> if this is what really went down it's just kind of like when when does it all just end and adults can be adults
0: mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the latest that I've read uh, as we record on a Tuesday night that apparently right before he went on uh, Punk had said something to Jack Perry about him having a problem and then it got to where they were in each other's face and then Punk uh, pie-faced him and then threw him in a chokehold until they broke it up. And I guess uh, Punk Scott Madden said that, I'm paraphrasing, but basically he doesn't know why he still works in AEW, and I guess he stormed off, had words with Tony Khan, and um, uh, today uh, Sports Illustrated reported that both of them are currently suspended, so that means they're going to miss All Out, which is in Punk's hometown of Chicago. Which uh, uh, your
1: biggest your biggest Chicago star is not going to be at that pay per view?
0: Yeah, and I mean i I don't blame Punk for sticking up for himself, which is essentially what it is. If he's found wrong, but I don't understand why it has to go down on like big shows. Because honestly, I still think that the all out from last year is one of the best pay-per-views they've ever done. Not the best, but it's arguably like uh, like a very like a top 5 pay-per-view that they put on and then now in the biggest show that this company's ever done in front of 80,000 plus people, it's kind of been overshadowed by more backstage shit involving your biggest star.
1: Yeah. Um well, I also had read that there was something about when Punk landed in London. There was no ride to the hotel. He had no idea where he was going. And he, his calls to the office went unanswered. And he ended up walking. and,
0: and He ended up taking the train to uh, Wembley. And I, I also read today, too, that apparently uh, right before his match, he said he wasn't going to go on. And he was just going to walk out, to the point where Tony Khan uh, went to Kenny and the Bucks to see if they could go on first. And well, originally it was going to be FTR and the Bucks, not yeah. I don't know why I said the Bucks. I've got them on the, my, my mind still. But he originally went to the Bucks and FTR to see if they could go on first, and they said that they couldn't. So then he went to Kenny and Hangman and the Bullet Club to see if they could go on first. And they said that they could. So they were scrambling to get ready to go on first. And then Samoa Joe apparently talked Punk into coming back, which I guess from what I've read, too, uh, Samoa Joe was pretty irate at Punk, too.
1: I don't blame him. I mean, this is his payday, too.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's getting towards like, you know, the end of his run. It's like kind of like a, a regular wrestler yeah. and, you know, kind of to go out in front of a, you know, 80,000 people. I mean, I could be the last time he does that too.
1: Yeah. That sucks. I love Samoa Joe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Lucas, uh, former co host, friend of the show, uh, he told me that he misses Samoa Joe in WWE.
1: Man, that. I really wish they, they they could have made serious money with just him and Brock having like a series of matches mm-hmm. like the John Cena Edge type. We're gonna have thirty-seven pay-per-view matches in a row, and I probably would have watched every single one of them. Yeah, just and yeah, that uh, I kind of I feel like they really missed the ball.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it just had to do with the fact that it seemed like he was getting to be chronically injured a lot and it really you can only wait so long for somebody i mean as much as we like samoa joe he wasn't a huge wwe draw so it's kind of had yeah. that going against him too yeah. but mm-hmm. uh yeah i don't know uh messy situation i like you said i'm almost wondering if it could be like hey i can't get Anything with uh, Omega and the Bucks, so why not just manufacture something of my own? Let me just pick a fight with this kid.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean that's something else I don't understand. Like, why wouldn't there's there's money to be made with what happened? Why wouldn't you capitalize on that? Because I think that would be probably the biggest thing that. AEW could do at this point is have the Bucks against CM Punk or you know the Elite and put FTR with Punk.
0: Well, I and think it's just a matter of uh, Kenny and the Bucks don't want to do it. I know Punk's on record saying like he's all for it, but I think it's on the other side they don't want nothing to do with it. Which is why they have Punk has his own show which I'm sure it just now just yeah. coming across as a great idea. Like, okay, you're building your show around arguably the biggest star in your company. And now he's not going to be there. And then it seems like the elite have dynamite.
1: Uh, so what are you going to do now? Like suspend punk for six months and say, Oh, Hey, I'm going to create this new show on Thursdays for you. You're going to be the star. Tune into TBS for AEW Annihilation every
0: first yeah it's <laughs> just gonna be punk FTR and a bunch of jobbers
1: <laughs> probably the cast from heels
0: yeah like Stephen Amell or you're just gonna get like local guys like local promotions like tonight AEW battles uh, Cincinnati championship wrestling at the <laughs> armory in Newport <laughs> Kentucky <laughs> oh gee. We're fighting outside. They're fighting at a, a like a Chevrolet dealership. They've got a ring set up outside. Uh, the brawl at the auto mall.
1: Oh, yeah, the Joe Morgan auto mall.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, hey, let's uh, dig into uh, the show a bit. Uh, kind of wanting to get your thoughts on some of these matches. Uh, I figured we would just break them, you know, talk a little bit about them, and at the end we'll kind of give them a, a star rating out of five if that works for you, and then we'll grade yeah, the show cool. overall. Yeah. Um, yeah. First match was, uh, as we discussed, was CM Punk versus Samoa Joe. Uh, I thought this was an interesting choice to open up the show considering that uh, usually uh, openers are, like, kind of more fast-paced matches yeah. like I would have maybe expected uh the following match to lead off because you know it's Kenny and you know all those guys have new Japan roots but uh I I thought this was a solid opener uh these guys kind of worked style you could tell that some of the spots they had they've worked in a stadium before
1: Yeah um I love the the Samoa Joe walk away from the aerial <laughs> like that—that's
0: that is one of my favorite like spots in professional <laughs> wrestling. Is Samoa Joe just nonchalantly walks out of the way when somebody tries to do like a, a top rope spot? It's it's still hilarious, and I've seen it probably fifty or sixty times.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I you know I will say like I think Punk's looking better and better in the ring. I don't know how much longer his career gonna gonna be. Um, but I think, well, the, I guess it depends familiar, on if he could just
0: fuck keep his mouth
1: shut. <laughs> yeah. At this point, Jesus. Um, but I think it's just the the familiarity with the opponent, um, really helped. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, Samoa Joe's had some excellent matches over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, and these two, they mesh really well together it was a really it was a solid match for. I, and again, I was surprised it was in the opener too. I thought maybe a little later in the night, but mm. yeah, solid for an opener.
0: Yeah, I, I uh, dug the uh the CM Punk uh tribute to Terry Funk who passed away earlier in the week and then he also kind of uh pulled a little bit of a Hulk Hogan with the the cup to his <laughs> yeah. ear too. So I kinda I dug that. But yeah, I thought this was a solid match. I would probably say this is probably a three and a half out of five for me. Yeah.
1: I would probably right around there, but I'd probably say maybe a three, three
0: and a quarter. Yeah. Oh, we're back on the the Star Search rating scale yeah. that we had a few weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that three, three and a quarter, three and a half, that's probably about where this sits in. Yeah, good way to start the show. Um, and then they went into, uh, we got, uh, I don't, were they, did they come out as the, the Golden Elite or were they just the Elite or I never did pay they, attention? Yeah, they
1: come out as, uh, the Golden
0: Elite. Okay. Yeah. The Golden Elite, which was Kenny Omega, Kota Ibushi, and Hangman Adam Page took on, uh, Bullet Club Gold, which is Juice Robinson and Jay White, who have been just on an absolute tear on Collision lately, and then uh, Takeshita. I can't. I I don't want to butcher his name because I love the guy, so I'm not gonna attempt to butcher his first name. But uh, I thought this was a pretty solid match. Not quite up to snuff with what we got in the opening, but still pretty solid. Um, Takeshita snuck the win out at the end to uh, set up. The all out uh, match yeah. this coming Sunday between him and Kenny, but uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: I really feel like this particular match had too much talent to be a six man match. Mm. Um, I mean, for me personally, I think you have legitimately three of the top ten wrestlers in the world in this match, and Kenny.
0: Ibushi, and
1: I'm a big Jay white fan.
0: Also oh, am I.
1: But, I mean, you have also three others that are really, really solid. And I know they were building towards the Kenny Takesha view that's the match that's going to happen next Sunday. Um, <clears throat> this is one of those matches I just felt was kind of rushed and i mean i know they were they've been kind of feuding with the elite the bullet club gold and uh, i don't know like it it was a good solid match uh, i i liked the finish because i wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. um, but again i just think there was too much talent in that match for I I would have felt better if they would have broken off, maybe had a tag team out of it in a singles match. Um, But I do want to say like one thing about this match. Did you notice the guy off to the left um, in the crowd? He was dressed in all black. He kept standing up at one point during, I think um, they were brawling in the ring and hangman came in there and and was kind of clearing house. And this guy is just standing up, waving his hands going nuts and then he sat down real quick and they popped back up and he started doing this weird dance.
0: No, I, I did, did not notice it, that, but like, now I'm going to have to go back do, and watch it.
1: I had to watch it like two or three times. It was hilarious. Cause I'm sure somebody said, the fuck the <laughs> <laughs> they didn't do it again, but it was absolutely hilarious. Like he shot up the first time and kept throwing his hands up in the air. And then he sat down real quick and they popped back up and did this weird dance.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Funniest thing. And like, I kind of lost track of what was going on in the match. Cause I kept waiting to see if this guy was going to pop back up, but <laughs> never really did. It was hilarious.
0: That was a guy that was super stoked that he got, uh, on the, uh, the camera side for the biggest event of all time. Um, Oh
1: yeah, that guy, that guy was having a hell of a time.
0: Well, you know what though? I, I would do the same thing. Fuck it. Like just let loose, have a good time. Like I'm sure those seats are not cheap. Uh, I mean, Lucas and I paid a pretty, pretty sum for uh, not great but okay seats for WrestleMania. So I can't imagine what uh, s- seats for uh, all all in would be for like camera view. But um, but yeah, this I thought was a solid match. Uh, but I think this was the kind of setup next or this upcoming week's pay per view. Uh, which what are your thoughts on that? I thought I was uh, talking to uh, a friend of the show, Will, who's been on here quite a few times that uh I think that Tony Khan believed that HBO max was going to run all in on their channel. And then when they decided not to, he kind of had to force this basically turn this into a pay-per-view and then like, then you're running another pay per view. I think it's just an awful lot to ask of uh, fans to shell out a hundred dollars in a week on wrestling pay per views.
1: Well, I mean, you have that, and then you're trying to write three shows, three TV shows, and then two pay per views all in a, a span of nine days. Mm. It it really. Uh, you know, when you and I were talking yesterday, like that was the the main thing about this was this felt really rushed and there really wasn't a build to a lot of the stuff that was going on. And uh, I don't know, like, I'm kind of wondering if Tony may be getting a little overwhelmed and he's he's just rushing things out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really weird to have two pay-per-views on back-to-back weekends. And, well, I mean, if, if you really look at it, we had three shows, three TV shows last week, a pay-per-view, three TV shows this coming week, pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. So that's what, eight shows that you have to write for?
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: I mean... That's that's an awful lot to ask, not just from your talent, but your writers, and and then you know, like you said, fans selling out fifty dollars a piece for the pay per view.
0: Yeah, for me, I don't know how you feel about this, but I would think that right now, I would I'm probably not going to get all out simply because I don't think it's going to match what all in delivered. And like yeah. you said, $100 in a week is quite a bit of money to shell out for wrestling pay-per-views. Yeah. And yeah. on top of that, WWE's running payback on Saturday for the cost of a Peacock subscription, which is like 6 bucks.
1: Man, it's a lot of wrestling. Really he yeah. needs to look into... Uh, I know he's he's talking and screaming, but...
0: Well, the I'm last really I like heard was that uh, Warner Discovery is like tossing around the idea of Max, the former HBO Max, running live streaming. But I don't think that their maiden voyage is going to be for a wrestling event. I think they would use that for one of their bigger media properties, which they have uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. They have... The March Madness television rights. I think that if they're going to launch into that, it's going to be for one of those properties or like something with the NBA. I would see them doing that before they launched it with wrestling. But, but Tony, why can't you do a fucking combo pack? Like if you buy both of them, you get them for like $80. I would have like, okay, cool. Like I can shell out an extra 15 bucks because I split the cost with a friend. Sue me, whatever, but <laughs> I, I could justify shilling on an extra 10, 15 bucks for both of them versus what I pay now. So I don't know, cool. but, um, what would, uh, what would your, uh, grade be for the, uh, the six man tag?
1: Um, probably, uh, I'll you three.
0: Yeah, that's about where I'd say that too. It's it was good, not great. Uh, and I think that this match was more to serve a purpose to build for next week's pay-per-view versus kind of wrap up any storylines uh for this one or to continue like a bigger feud between all of them. Um next match was the uh the match that I was looking forward to the most on this entire card. It was uh the AEW World tag team championship match. It was the rubber match between FTR and the Young Bucks. Um, I will say that this was a good match, but I think out of the three matches that these two teams have done, this is probably the weakest of the three.
1: Yeah, I can go with that.
0: It seemed to kind of not be firing on all cylinders until like the last 10 minutes. In the last 10 minutes of the match, it like fucking kicked up a notch. I do.
1: uh I, I was it Nick that did the the Bret Hart hands thing to mm. to Dax. I like that, and I'm not a I'm not a Young Bucks fan. Um, I don't particularly. I've never really cared for them at any point in their career, but they always have good matches. Mm. And, I mean, I say this is a solid one. It's not the best one that they've ever done. Um, and I think there, you know, it could have been that maybe there's a little bit of a cloud hanging over what's what's going on with Dash. Um, but, I mean, it's, you're not going to find better tag team wrestling than those two teams mm-hmm. i mean yeah of course wwe has some some great teams um and yeah that would be a dream to see some of them you can go head to head but they're two of the best tag teams in the world and it was a solid tag team
0: mm-hmm. i agree um yeah i think that the considering what the the story that they were selling, it really wasn't about the tag team titles. It was really to settle who's the best tag team in professional wrestling. Uh, I mean, honestly, my rankings is I, I prefer FTR. I think they're the best tag team in wrestling. And I would probably say the bucks are probably three yeah. for me. I, I really am a fan of the Usos. They've grown on me and yeah, I
1: would put them that.
0: Oh, you're not you haven't not, been down with that day one ish?
1: No. <laughs> not until I probably say maybe 2021? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um yeah, they're there'd be tentative uh, the number two for me.
0: Yeah. Um yeah this is still uh still a really good match and uh, up until So far on the card, this is probably the best match that so far on this card. uh, The FTR uh, ends up retaining the AEW tag team titles. I think you won't see these two teams go at it again for quite a long time. It seems like when they set up these rubber matches, that's it for a while. Like you don't see, like I know Jericho and uh, Kenny have done three, and those two have not battled each other since then. Uh, yeah well
1: i'm kind of i'm kind of glad they do it that way because it doesn't get stale
0: yeah i agree um and it, it kind of mm-hmm. i think it yeah it doesn't get stale and i think that the matches that they do have kind of have a little bit more of a a gravitas you know like they mean something versus like oh, okay well this is just the means to get to the like the next show or the next pay-per-view but yeah um I thought this was still a good match, but considering the work of these two teams, like the fact that this match is probably the weakest of their three really says something to how good they are. Yeah. Um, I'm giving yeah. this one four out of five.
1: Yeah, it's where I'm talking about.
0: Um, if anything, simply for the last 10 minutes, like where they end up using their moves on one another, then that, that shatter machine out of nowhere. Oh man, I was on the edge of my seat for those last 10 minutes.
1: Yeah, that was
0: really. Um next up is the uh Stadium Stampede which features uh the uh, Blackpool Combat Club which is uh John Moxley, Wheeler Yuta and Claudio and uh they are teaming up with the Return of the Proud and Powerful which is uh Ortiz and now I guess they're calling Santana Mike Santana.
2: I was like what the hell is it? who the
1: hell is Mike Santana?
0: Yeah, they mentioned that a couple times. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah they, I heard
1: I heard Nigel say Mike Santana, and I'm like, who nah, no, the hell is Mike Santana?
0: <laughs> I started to look it up. Like, is that his real first name? Is Mike? But then I just kind of got lost in the match and forgot about it. Um, they take on the team of Eddie Kingston, um, uh, Orange Cassidy, the best friends, and. I always call him Pentagon jr. I don't, I know he lost a copyright. He's Penta El Miero. I always call him Pentagon jr. Uh, but, uh, this stadium stampede, I was reading a lot online. This was a very divisive match. People either loved it or they hated it, which seems to be the thing with like Moxley matches for like the last year or so.
1: Yeah. I, I wasn't really a fan of this. Um, not necessarily because of the action that was, I mean, the, the stewards to the head, that was pretty cool moment, Mm -hmm. but the whole build of this match didn't seem to make much sense to me. Um, I mean, Eddie Kingston's the one who, who, you know, said this match was going to happen. Like, why does Eddie Kingston have, what's Eddie Kingston doing with the best friends? And, why is he the one that had come out and said, "Hey, I'm fighting with them, and we're fighting you guys in stadiums"? Like it didn't make any sense to me. And then they never really explained the Santana or and Ortiz fighting with the Blackpool Combat Club. It, this whole thing just felt.
0: I know they had kind of intertwined one another. I know. Uh, the best friends have had issues with, uh, the Blackpool combat club, especially more Chuck and Trent. Um, and then Eddie is also, of course had his, he absolutely hates Claudio. <laughs> like I I truly believe he does not like Claudio as, as in real life. And then yeah. you've got the, the backdrop of, uh, him and Moxley being friends that are not getting along right now, but, um, Yeah, I just the combinations are kind of weird. I I felt that this was kind of a match more to get Orange Cassidy on the card, who I am on record as saying I think has been the MVP of AEW for the last uh, for the calendar year so far. He has just put on nonstop bangers left and right. Um, But I thought this was a fun match. Uh, Nothing spectacular. Like I was more like the Stadium Stampede. Just felt more like anarchy in the arena versus stadium stampede and i think that has a lot to do with the fact that stadium stampede was essentially done in an empty football field yeah. during the pandemic and you know you can't really do that as much and it felt more like they were in like more of an anarchy in the arena style match but i still i still enjoyed it. i thought it was good um the result was orange cassidy gets the win for his team with a uh, orange punch with his fist taped in glass which i hope cm punk and they got that square away with cm punk and jack perry beforehand um who did he nail that on by the way i i looked away for a second did
1: um was it wheeler
0: yeah i think he did i think he got wheeler with it because it seems one like my it seems like whenever the Blackpool Combat Club takes an L, it's usually Wheeler's the one seat in the pin. Because yeah. obviously Moxley <laughs> yeah. is like a big deal, so it ha- it has to mean something for him to take a pin. And then Claudia is obviously the Ring of Honor World Champion, so he has to come off as strong.
1: I will tell you, my favorite moment of this is Sue pulls into the arena in that white band.
0: Oh, dude! And she had the. <clears throat> I don't know if they were cookies or they were crumpets or what, but that was great.
1: My favorite part is Moxley gets into the driver's seat and pushes her. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, man. Like that pop trip right up. Like that's my mom.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They even made a comment during the broadcast. that seemed like the the best friends like kind of woke up and like uh, took it up a notch. Once they started fucking with Sue. Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs>
0: that was great. Um, it looks like uh, they are going to set up Moxley versus Orange Cassidy at uh, All Out, which is a match I would probably like to see. And it, I think this is the first, if that's the case, I think that's the first time that Orange's uh, title reign as the international champions is, is in serious doubt because he's going up against, I mean, I think... Right now, in terms of star power, Moxley's on their Mount Rushmore. It's he's got to be, you know, one of the three or four biggest stars in the whole company. So,
1: yeah. Well, I liked that after that match when they were talking to Orange Cassidy and Tony constantine right there, and he challenged John Moxley for the title at all out, and then like Tony, like you could see on his face, no, 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 you're fighting Penta now and then the winner of that place honestly, mm-hmm. is just kind of like you're giving it away
0: yeah that should be a good match too I am an absolute huge huge Penta fan he's probably one of my three or four favorite wrestlers in that promotion I love his gimmick and everything but a uh, good match uh, I would probably settle on a three out of five for this one
1: yeah I mean, uh, there were good parts in it, and I'm glad that Orange Cassidy got the win, but I'm going to go
0: with the two. Two? Okay. Um, I did notice one thing uh, before we move on to the next match, that when Eddie Kingston is storming down to the ring, he looks like a pissed-off parent that is just fed up with his fucking kids keeping him up late at night, and he's storming down to the basement.
1: (laughs) You know, I love Eddie Kingston. And I love Claudio, but I really hope he beats the hell out of Claudio. I do too. The hate that he has for him, we all hate somebody like that.
0: <laughs> I mean Well Eddie Kingston too is like legitimately like the one wrestler out of like the two major promotions that like is kinda like us, you know? Like you neither one of us are gonna be, you know, or confused for being bodybuilders and having like these awesome physiques or anything like that. He's just kind of like, okay, I've got a little bit of a beer gut. So what? Yeah, and I think that's what appeals. Like that's why he has such an appeal, but, uh, I, I liked it. I guess I liked it a little bit more than you. Um, but, uh, the next match, uh, I think this is where the crowd kind of starts to get a little bored or a little restless. It's the AEW women's title match. Uh, Soraya, uh, comes out with her family uh, to Queens We Will Rocky, which I thought was a very cool entrance. Uh, she takes on uh, former AEW women's champion Tony Storm, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, had to do it, and then Hikari Shida, the current uh, AEW women's champion. Uh, this ends with Soraya winning the AEW women's title in front of her home crowd. Um, I thought this match was okay. Uh, this really is kind of indicative of how they're booking the women's division right now, which is kind of lacking. But I really have a problem with not so much Soraya winning the title. That's kind of what I thought was going to happen. But I don't understand putting the belt on Sheeta and then having her lose it two weeks later.
1: That was my exact thing. Like, Why are you going to have Tony Storm... Lose, put it on Sheeta, and have her lose it two weeks later. They should have just kept it on Tony Storm. Had her losing it, I think that kind of throws that whole story. They have you can build something from that.
0: I I was thinking the same thing.
1: It's what the hell are you doing? Like, I mean, in in reality, like. They air Soraya was called a page. Soraya has not. She just doesn't wrestle a lot. and Well, I think it's. I think she, go ahead. Well, I think she's seen. She doesn't. She's not. She doesn't look comfortable. I'll say. And. Like, there's just not. She. She. She's had, what, the one match with Britt that I thought was a really solid match. I mean, her first real big match back, but she just doesn't wrestle enough, and I don't think she's kind of broken, or she's kind of gotten back what what's she had. Mm. And, I, I mean, I understand why they did what they did, and I don't have a problem with it. It's just that boss should have gone to to Tony Storm losing the title instead
0: of Picard or Yeah, like they've already been teasing that there's dissension in the ranks of the outcast. I think it would have been a much better story to have Saraya pin Tony Storm to create more of a dysfunction between that group versus arguably the best like in terms of like a worker standpoint, the best worker in your entire division. I'd say it's her and Tony Storm. They're yeah. usually like they're both are pretty good. And then well of course Jamie hater, but she's not in action right now, which really, really is unfortunate. You
1: see, but Yeah, I mean if, if if it were me I think I would have put the belt on Brit have her defend up Beavis Megastar Jamie comes back. They're all kind of back to where they they left off, and then boom, like something something happens, mm-hmm. and these two are at odds. I never lost set title type of deal, and I think that would be that would be the the story that I would have went with because. Like I said, I just don't... Soraya just hasn't wrestled enough Uh I mean, I understand why they... Again, I understand why they gave her the title. But...
0: Well, it's... I think it's kind of why now looking back, I think WWE made the right call not putting the world title on Cody at WrestleMania because you're doing it for the pop, but then what happens after that? I just do think there is...
1: Yeah, I I see what you're getting at now. That makes complete sense.
0: Well, I think, too, Soraya's only got so many matches left where, I mean, she can't, you know, wrestle every. Well, let's be real. AEW doesn't book more than one match a week on their shows, anyways. But uh, I think that she's going to be one of those attractions that she's going to be there a lot more, but she doesn't really she won't be wrestling too much. I would not be the least bit surprised to see her drop it at all out Sunday, whether it's Toshida or which I think would be the most logical choice. But then again, that's you're devaluing the title if you keep having to go back and forth like that. But I think she drops well, it sooner rather than later.
1: Yeah. And I know they keep talking about, um, Mercedes Monet and Sasha Banks, she was there and they keep talking about her making appearances for AEW once she's cleared. I mean, she had to look at that and think like, what in the world? Like, what was the decision making behind this for if she does go there, what kind of booking are they going to have for her?
0: Right, and I, you bring up an interesting uh, question that I want to ask you too. If you were Mercedes Monet, would you be willing to sign like a full-time deal with AEW to become part of that women's division, or would you try to work out some kind of agreement kind of like what AEW has with uh, like Will Ospreay, as an example, who works there on occasion, but he's not a full member of the roster. He just kind of comes in for like special appearances for a few weeks.
1: I think that would be the only way I would do it.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking, uh, too.
1: I mean, you see... I, I You know, I think they have a legitimate star with Britt. Um, and they probably have one of the best women wrestlers in the world in Faro And you've seen how they've been booked. And I mean, even if you... Oh, what's... What's the one girl, I can't think of her name now? Um, that came over from WWE,
0: Ruby she's Soho? Ring of
1: Honor. So oh, Athena, Ring of Honor. yeah, Athena.
0: that girl's been WWE. put like she's been fucking killing it over there, yeah. I mean,
1: why isn't she? Uh, well, I don't know. I've there's rumors of. Some kind of a heat with, I can't even remember who, but.
0: Heat in an AEW locker room, get out of town. Yeah. No, no
1: way that happens. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, she's one of your better wrestlers, women's wrestlers on the roster. Like, why isn't she involved more? And why is it, yeah, you know, like you said, why is there only one match a week? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes you kind of forget that when those women come out, like, oh yeah, I forgot she wrestled here.
2: Yeah, you
1: usually get the you usually get the bunny tagging with someone else that you have no idea who they are against, like Willow Nightingale and some other wrestler that you there Sky Blue, and oh, I mean, we have not seen Sky Blue a lot lately. Especially on collision, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, this this is the worst booking I think in wrestling right now.
0: Yeah, and i I think in terms of talent from top to bottom, I think AEW's women's division right now, in terms of talent, is better than what WWE has to offer. WWE I think is very top heavy, whereas AEW has a lot of like really good women wrestlers, but they just don't utilize them. I mean, you still got two women on the shelf right now, Thunder Rosa and Jamie Hader. Of course, you had the four ladies that were involved in the uh, the championship match. You've got Ruby Soho. You've got Chris Statlander, who I was shocked that they didn't have anything for her at this. Uh, Willow Nightingale, she's. She's actually, when I seen her uh, for the first time on AEW programming, I thought, okay, this is kind of like the happy-go-lucky wrestler that's just going to get jobbed out every week. But she's actually surprisingly very good. Uh, Sky Blue is also another solid worker. But, yeah, I mean, they have a very solid division. I don't understand why they don't do more with it.
1: You know, I never really thought about that You know, the after I probably say the top six or seven women in WWE, it just kind of falls off.
0: Yeah, it's uh, WWE. It's uh, it's really it's Charlotte, Becky, Bianca, Rhea. I would I would say Oscar's probably like in that next tier down. But yeah, she'd probably be like one of the the better workers. And I mean, I think they're doing a little bit better job. They're building up EO sky obviously has the money in the bank. Yeah. And then Bailey of course is always really good, but uh, yeah, outside of them and like, there's a massive drop off after those six or seven ladies there. But uh, this match, uh, I would probably give it a two, two and a half out of five. I just, it seemed like it, you said earlier that the, the six man tag, Kind of felt rushed. I felt the same way about this one.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's all just kind of game, felt like it came together last minute, mm-hmm. and I didn't like who they had lose. Well, I didn't like that she took the the loss. I didn't like that. Well, I mean, I don't mind that Soraya has the belt. on I mean, the yeah, I mean, it was me. a cool
0: moment to see her win it. In her home, like her home country, especially after everything she's gone through. And she's one of those wrestlers, I don't understand the hate that she gets online. She is vilified on social media. And I have never understood why. I mean, I grant it, she's battled some demons, but I mean, like, nobody's perfect. And she seems to be like a very, a genuinely very cool chick when she's interviewed. (laughs) And when she's throwing shit back at people, she's only defending herself. So I don't understand why people, especially men, hate her so much online. I've just never understood that.
1: I think it's just people will say stuff to certain people they know they can get a reaction out of.
0: hmm Yeah.
1: And they just want that. It's kind of like a feather of a cap. Yeah. Got into a Twitter feud with her.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things too. I think it's just like, well, I it's cool to hate her. So, that, like, everybody gets on the bandwagon and does it. And well, then there's honestly, there's no legitimate reason on why.
1: Yeah, no, like, I've never had a problem with her. I always thought she was a solid worker. Um, she's had some really, really good matches. Um, <clears throat> I mean, she's not back to where she was. And that's, I mean, that's going to happen when you have that much time off. but, mm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really get
0: the hate. But Yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I guess we'll see what happens with the AEW women's title uh, next Sunday for their next pay-per-view. I yeah. hope that uh, the uh, next match uh, was Sting and Darby Allin versus James Bond villain Christian and Swerve Strickland. I was uh, kind of excited for this match uh, simply because uh, I'm a huge fan of Sting. He was like my dude in WCW. I was always uh, a WWE guy, but like Sting was my dude in WCW. Um, Christian is just on another plane in terms of heel. Like that guy is just an absolute, plays a slime ball to perfection. And I've always felt Swerve Strickland is one of those guys that I don't understand why he's not a top of the card. He is, in terms of a work work rate, he is probably maybe outside of Kenny, probably one of the four or five best workers in the company. Uh, so I don't know why he doesn't get more of a run, but, uh, I thought this was a solid match. Uh, at this point, uh, AEW seems to be relying on the, the gimmick matches a little too much at this point. I didn't really pay attention to that, but I listened to, um, the 83 weeks podcast with Eric Bischoff, uh, today regarding this. And he had mentioned the reliance on gimmick matches. And then after I stopped and realized it like, yeah, you're right. They had a six man tag. They had a four, four way women's title match. They had a hardcore stadium stampede match, you know, now they've got a coffin match in this one. Um, I, I thought it was solid. It still amazes me to see Sting do the shit that he does at sixty-three years old. And when he came out to Metallica's Seek and Destroy, I kind of popped a little bit. I'm a, like Metallica is my band. So I heard that that opening riff to Seek and Destroy. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> but um,
1: um I you know, again, I'm I, with you. I love Sting um <laughs> This is another one of those matches that, that had a change. they I'm not really sure, but the, yeah, I don't know really what happened. I mean, AR Fox was supposed to be tag with Swerve Strickland. That just kind of ch- did not change happen like last Wednesday or was it the Wednesday? Yeah, before?
0: it happened last Wednesday. He got kicked out of the, uh, the mogul embassy. I think, uh, from what I had read, he had some issues being able to go over to England. They never really went into depth. Why I personally, I think in terms of, uh, a match standpoint, I think it would have probably been a better match with AR Fox, but star power wise, like Christian is a much, much better, fill in for AR Fox. I mean, Christian is a heat magnet. So I, I love watching him cut a <laughs> promo anyway. So like, okay, Christian's involved. Count me in.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: Christian's uh, like, he's just unreal. I love Christian as a heel.
2: <laughs>
1: <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, Swerve Strickland's one of my favorites. Um, He always has an excellent match. Um, not a Darby Allen film. I mean, Darby's just, we all knew the kid in the neighborhood that we'd give a dime to do something stupid. And that's kind of how I feel about Darby Allen. Let me do a coffin drop.
0: Oh, uh, my, my wife, uh, she, she was watching the show with me. I don't, she wasn't, uh, as invested in the show as I was, but, uh, she looked up and seen Darby do the coffin drop onto the casket, and she even like grimaced at that. I'm like, just, the fact that that yeah. guy can still walk at this point just blows my yeah. mind. Well, but
1: Wasn't it at one point they had him handcuffed and he's diving through the rope? That
0: yeah, was a cool like, spot, though. I will give him that.
1: Yeah, it was a cool spot. Like, My whole thing was, <laughs> where I've seen him do it, I'm like, eventually he's going to miss that mm. and it's not going to be pretty. And I mean, he reminds me a lot of Jeff Hardy, but I've never been a Hardy boys fan.
0: Right. Yeah. I wasn't like, I get the appeal, but I was never a big Hardy's guy either. The restaurant nice. chain and the, the, the tag team. <laughs>
1: yeah. But I mean, I, it's the one thing that I think AEW does just better than anybody else is they have booked Sting, a 60, whatever year old. 63,
0: man. I think, is what I heard they say he was.
1: I mean, he's doing these just unreal spots week after week. <laughs> And they're doing it the safest possible way. Like there's really no, I mean, yeah, of course there's risk, but he comes through Mm. and it's, it's freaking awesome. It's like reliving the early nineties and WCW with Sting.
0: Yeah. I was actually surprised by the match order in this because usually when Sting is on a pay-per-view, he is the. And I don't know why they put that match in this position because usually like Sting and Darby deliver, but they always put them as the cooler match between the main event and then like the previous matches, which is usually like a really good one. And it's like almost like they have to close the show on this like this wave. And I was a little surprised, like, well, this isn't going on second to last. That's kind of strange, but. Uh, I thought it was a fun match. Uh, It ends with uh, Darby and Sting stuffing Swerve into the coffin, which technically Swerve was not all the way in the coffin. His hair was poking out of it, so they technically didn't win. But I guess that's splitting hairs. But um, a decent match. Uh, Like I said, we we love the way they book Sting. Still great. Uh, I'm going to give this one a three out of five simply because it takes a lot for me to pop and when they played seek and destroy and we got the joker sting i'm like okay you got me on this one so i'm giving us a three out of five
1: yeah i think i'm solely going on the metallica the sting spots and the pre-match promo mm. from sting and darby mm. it was just really cool i'll go three out of five
0: yeah uh next uh was the other match that kind of sold me on this pay-per-view we had a. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Will Ospreay. Um, of course, uh, Jericho, I was not the least bit surprised that he took this opportunity for Fozzie to play at Wembley. Uh, he came out to, uh, his, him and his band did Judas and he sang himself out to the ring, which was really cool. Uh, got some Freddie Mercury, uh, tribute at the beginning with the, uh, the day, Oh, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, of course, Will Ospreay is just an absolute stud. Uh, this was a good match. This was probably better than I expected it to be because I, I went into this match kind of like, I didn't expect Jericho to be able to keep up with Osprey as well as he did. Now, granted, he wasn't like, he was obviously a step slower, but it, it, he, but that's also to be expected. I think Jericho is like 52. But, uh, Still a really good match. Uh, I give this one like a three and a half out of five, but man, anytime I could see Will Ospreay in action, I'm going to take the opportunity to see it. I truly believe in terms of in-ring talent, he is the best wrestler in the world. I agree
1: with that. And to be honest with you, this was one match when it was announced I shit on it. Uh It was just like, I don't want to see Jericho against Osprey. Why the hell does Jericho always get the best possible match or one of the better possible matches? Then he goes out and freaking kills it. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't believe he was keeping up with Osprey in the, the opening of that match. And the, I mean, are we getting late 90s Jericho here?
0: Yeah. Now, yeah. it's this match would have been Ooh. 10 years ago. This easily would have been the best match of the night in terms of in ring oh, yeah. for sure. But yeah, I, I was put, pl- I was pleasantly surprised to see uh Jericho do as well as he did. And like I, in my top five favorite wrestlers of all time, Chris Jericho is definitely on that list. I mean, there's nothing he hasn't accomplished. So I'm kind of a little partial to him in some aspects of that. But yeah, I was surprised by how well this match was like, Except Jericho's obviously a step slower, but the fact that he held his own against Osprey—that's very commendable. Um, I gave this one a three and a half out of five. I think simply because, for one thing, uh, big stadium shows entrances mean a lot to me. The presentation, Jericho obviously singing himself out to the ring, and then uh, Osprey his entrance—like they presented this guy like this is the a fucking star. Right here, pay attention to this guy. Uh, But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good match. Uh, They also teased a little bit of dissension between uh, the last remaining member of the Inner Circle and the Jericho Appreciation Society with Sammy. I don't know if that's so much. They're setting up a feud, whereas Jericho was upset, and it's almost like he alluded to the fact in his promo last week that social media is starting to write him off. And I think okay. that he's going to start questioning, like, maybe they're right. And I think this could lead to something with him and Sammy down the road, which I think could be potentially a very good feud of done but, right.
1: Um, I went with a four on this one just mm. because this exceeded my expectations.
0: Yeah. I, I, um, I'm okay with I'm that, ready. yeah.
1: And, I mean, like I said, when this match was announced, I shit on it. Just because... I didn't know of Jericho not saying that he didn't deserve it, but is there someone better on the card that you could put with the greatest wrestler in the world mm. or, you know, a top three wrestler in the world? I mean would we have gotten Omega Osprey four, which would have been what well, awesome. I think it's three.
0: They would be three. Is it three? Yeah. Two was at uh, Forbidden Door. Which is still the match of the year right now in my books.
1: Yeah. I thought there might have been one before New Japan. But I can't remember. Um, Yeah, I mean, this exceeded my expectations. And Jericho can still go for his age. Mm. And he proved that. And he made a... Believer out of me once again, and <laughs> so uh, I will. I will give them a four on that.
0: Yeah, that yeah, good stuff from uh, those guys. Uh, the n- next match, I will be truthfully honest. I didn't really get a chance to pay attention to this match too much because I had uh, stuff with my kids running around, and I wasn't able to really pay attention to it too much. Oh, I didn't go over the fact Will Osprey ends up winning that match, uh, hits two Stormbreakers on Jericho to get the the victory, which. Is impressive in itself Um, next match though is the house of black versus the acclaimed for the AEW trios title that results in the acclaimed winning the uh, trios title I don't even know how the match ends that was like the one match I didn't really get to pay attention to so uh, maybe you can help piece the the thing together but I'm giving this an incomplete grade just because I didn't get to watch enough of it to really judge it and I haven't had a chance to go back and watch it yet.
1: This was another one that I just felt was kind of thrown together, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not taking anything away from the acclaim. I love the acclaim;
0: everybody does. But,
1: yeah. but I really felt like The House of Black deserves better. Mm-hmm. Um, had a really cool tribute to Bray Wyatt in the opening, but yeah, we also lost.
0: House. This week too, yeah, it's uh, been a roller coaster week to be a wrestling fan.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we kind of we didn't get daddy ass. <laughs> we got badass Billy Gunn, mm. which I thought was was kind of cool. I mean, bring that back. Uh, he did hit a, a famouser. I believe it was on. um was it on Buddy? Yeah, like I'll have to watch that back. But uh a cool moment for me, I mean, yeah, the the acclaimed end up getting the the trio style. Um not a bad match. It's just I think there could have been there were better options. Um <laughs> the one cool thing about this match is everyone kind of knows the the playfulness between Max Caster and MJF on Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, Anthony Bowens had actually had a picture sent to him after the match where he was kind of doing the scissor with the crowd like the people in the front row. And he had sent a message to MJF, like, I know you have something going on with with uh, Max, but I scissored your daddy. <laughs> and there's a picture of him scissoring MJF's dad in the front row. Oh, is it? Yeah, I mean, it was just, it was hilarious. I thought that's who that was in the front when that happened because he had kind of said something. To it, and then Anthony realized who it was, and he's like, Oh, <laughs> and then, yeah, that picture shows up on Twitter later. It was pretty
0: cool, yeah uh what was your what would your grade for this one be?
1: probably two, two,
0: yeah, yeah. that's uh, what I've seen on social media they this is probably the one of the weaker matches on the cards. that's why I have been in no hurry to uh revisit it. It's like, okay, I probably didn't miss a whole lot." So, so yeah, we'll go with the two out of five. Um, the last uh match that we have to go over is the main event. Uh, MJF, the AEW world champion versus Adam Cole for the AEW world title. Uh, they kind of added to their story a little bit earlier in the uh, I don't know. They call the zero hours Is it a pregame show, pre show? I don't know what exactly the they buy-in? call it. The buy in. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. it is. Um, they captured the AEW, or not the AEW, the Ring of Honor tag team titles from Aussie Open, which is another team that got fucking robbed. It was Aussie Open, but uh, we'll save that for another day. Uh, so they go into the match as, or as tag team champions battling it out for the AEW world title. And for a main event at a stadium show, depending on who you believe more, one of the... It, two or three biggest wrestling shows of all time. This one delivered in spades. This was by far the match of the night. Um, really did a great job of calling back some of the aspects of this program, which I think has been the best program on AEW television over the last, what, two or three months. These two have been kind of coexisting and then becoming like a team and then becoming friends. Uh, A lot of really good callbacks to uh, everything that's happened, and then the ending, like phew, Chef's kiss they they the double the double clothesline leading to the double pin. Then they uh, roll back to their first matchup where Cole asked for five more minutes, and then MJF says, "You know, fuck it, we're gonna go to a winner." And then, of course, you know the ending just so well done uh, Bravo. I hope that this is not, I hope these guys have one more match against each other. I know they're now that that are the ring of honor tag team champions. There's probably going to be, the program's going to be stretched out a little bit longer, but man, well done. A W this main event. Oh
1: yeah. I 100% agree. Adam Cole's my current favorite wrestler. I really think we need to start talking about MJF being one of the the best wrestlers in the world Um, this guy has delivered and I mean he doesn't wrestle a lot Mm -hmm. but when he does he comes through and and it was a hell of a match I loved the um, the Bulldog Bret Hart that adam cole had
2: mm.
1: in the match um you know they they put uh roderick strong out there trying to get mjf to use the, or uh adam cole to, to use the title the story in this was unbelievable and i'm really excited to see where this goes
2: mm.
0: yeah so am i saw my it's it's it really it's you're always going to have that. Will he, or won't he will one of them turn on the other one. I've just been blown away by the MJF transformation. He is like, he's becoming a full fledged face. And it seems like he's embracing it. Uh,
1: You know, I was watching this last night and I kept thinking that at some point in Maybe the next five to 10 years, could we see MJF being um, a big name actor?
0: I mean, well, you know, they're making uh, a movie about the Von Ericks
2: yeah, for Netflix, and he's, and he's in that. it. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, no, man, his, his brain is just unbelievable. Like, you see him do these signings, and He's just a complete fucking dick to these people. And they mm. eat it up. But then, like, you read these reports about him online of people that... There's one particular guy. Oh, you know, he's he's a regular at my gym. He's one of the nicest guys you've ever meet.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And
0: it's just,
1: hey, hey, hey. of course it's an act. But I don't think anybody does it any better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Friend of the show, Lucas, was uh, talking to me last night. He said uh, he thinks that uh, MJF is uh, arguably the best heel, one of the best two or three best heels in wrestling. I'm like, well, dude, if he's not an AEW fan, so he doesn't know what's going on. But like I said, he's legitimately becoming like the biggest face in that company. He is so over right now with the fans, and it's it's incredible to see the transformation. And I thought for sure he was going to be the one that ends up going back to the old MJF, the devil that we know. And like, when he pulled out the ring, I'm like, all right, here it goes. And then he decides not to do it. And then like, I'm thinking now with the way it's going, I think Cole's going to be the one that turns on him.
1: I'm just wondering, like, uh, is this going to be an undisputed era type? Like they're going to wait for... Kyle or... Just um,
0: Kyle. I've heard Kyle O'Reilly is having some difficulty coming back. I guess he had a pretty severe... Uh, I think it's a, his neck, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He had really bad uh, neck injury, and they, I know there's questions on whether he's going to be able to make it back, so I don't know. I mean, you could I form would. it without him, but it wouldn't be the same thing. Yeah,
1: it wouldn't be the same. I love the MC there, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm excited because like I said, Adam Cole's my favorite wrestler mm-hmm. in either company right now and MJF I mean, outside of Roman and probably KO's probably one of my favorite wrestlers too um, just what MJF does on a, a weekly basis, it just it's believable.
0: hmm Yeah. And I just I I wish that uh AEW and WWE put more of, like thought into storytelling if they at least invested half the time that they do on like their main uh storylines versus like you know, if they devoted a little bit more of that time into the secondary stuff, I mean, I think we would be looking at attitude era like wrestling where you just you can't get enough of it. Um I was getting ready to go, I was getting ready to say something and I completely lost my my train of thought on it. But yeah, I thought it was an incredible matchup. Uh easily I would say four and a half out of five for this one. I'm not gonna give it a five because it wasn't like a classic, but it was definitely a four wow. and a half. Out of five for sure, and a w- very worthy main event for the biggest show they've put on.
1: You know i I think I'm gonna go there.
0: Oh, you're going? Oh, go I mean, hot take.
1: I it it just had a little bit of everything,
0: uh-huh.
1: and I mean, you felt something, and you didn't really know who who you were wanting to win. Yeah, and. I think it was just, it was played. It was played perfectly.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely okay with it. Getting into that, that, uh, we're not Dave Meltzer. We're not going to go like six and a half, seven star out of five star matches. We're not that kind of program here. Like our rating system is like five out of five. That's like, that's it. That's where we're going. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I know what I was getting ready to say. Um, for the first time in a little while, like they, they've really they've made the AEW championship and the champion like important again with him with MJF's yeah. run. Like the last outside of punk, like like I know Hangman really got done dirty in his title run, but uh even like the Moxley stuff, he seemed like he was kinda of taking a back seat at times too. But yeah, I mean MJF has like definitely become the focal point of the show, which Good for him. He's been an absolute superstar since you he know, took the I, title.
1: I think, and I mean, this is just my thing. I know that Tony's kind of been working with Brian And I'm just wondering if this is kind of his brainchild.
0: They don't seem to release that online. Like who was responsible for like mapping out the matches like they do. Like, the next day, like, oh yeah, like uh I know for the Bray Wyatt tribute show, like Michael Hayes had a lot of input in that. Uh Bobby Roode did too. I mean that shit's readily available online then within hours yeah. after the show, but you never find out who is involved in the AEW stuff at all. So I don't know. But I'm I would not be surprised if Danielson didn't have something to do with it.
1: Yeah, well I did read something over the weekend about somebody had asked sunny Khan and he were to get injured or hurt who who his father should call and it was Danielson. Yeah, like, yeah, he's he's probably got some some kind of stroke going on back there But
0: well I think after what happened last year with uh all out, uh Jericho and Moxley and Danielson were the from what I read anyways were like kind of like the glue that got that righted the ship. So I think those guys are kind of like Tony Khan's go-tos for like, okay, like obviously I know Jericho's got a lot of influence on him, but, uh, and Danielson now too. So, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I would trust if those guys were the guys that I leaned on during a tumultuous situation, then yeah, they, they probably got some car blanche. Um, Mm -hmm. Before we uh, wrap this up, uh, any final thoughts on AEW's uh, all-in? I mean, it,
1: again, it, it felt a little rushed. A couple of the matches were a little flat. Um, maybe a little bit of confusion in the matches. But overall, solid show. I mean, I enjoyed it. I think a casual fan could could sit and watch this and have a a decent idea of what is going on. Mm. Um, So, I mean, overall, I'd say a high B, B plus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I went into this with low expectations. I think the only reason I even had interest in purchasing the pay-per-view was not so much what they were presenting, but I was curious to see if AEW could pull off a show of this size. Because, I mean, they were not going from, like, you know, arenas to, like, I don't know, say, like, like, I don't know, we'll just, like, the Horseshoe in Columbus, you know, something like that. Like a big, like, they went to one of the biggest stadiums in the entire world, and put on a show. And I was curious to see if they could pull it off. And I think they they did it in spades. Like the presentation of the show, it really they they really did a good job of showing off like how many people were in the building. And that seems to be a thing with like AEW. It's almost like they did it intentionally because if you read shit about AEW online, it, like everybody has to post that fucking picture of how empty the arenas look. And a lot of times they're posting it on the camera side, which if any of you have been to an AEW show, they block that entire section off where the camera's at. They they do it every show that I've been to. Even back, like I went to a show right after the All Out where Danielson and Cole show up. I went to that episode right after that pay-per-view, and it was the same thing. That building was sold out. But I think they did a good job of... Uh, just presenting how epic the event was. I think for the most part, the matches delivered, there were a few speed bumps along the way. Um, I think if I had a gripe, it would probably be the way they front-loaded the beginning of the card. Because, I mean, they basically they gave you Punk, Omega, FTR, and the Young Bucks, like, in a row. And Moxley. So the first four matches had arguably your biggest stars in the promotion. I think they would have been better served, like maybe splitting that up a little bit, like maybe move the acclaimed into an earlier spot. I mean, I granted, I kind of seen the placement of the women's title match and some other stuff. I think maybe do a better job of like spacing out your stars a little bit, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a a solid B. Um, I think just because some of the better matches didn't quite like, like, the the six man tag consider he was involved in that and uh but yeah I'd say a good B. Probably one of the better shows they put on. It's outside of Forbidden Door. I think it's the best show they've put on this year. But well then again I don't know uh uh Revolution was really good too. That had some really good matches on it too. But uh yeah definitely Definitely recommend uh, shelling out the fifty bucks to watch it. It was a worthwhile experience for sure, and it sounds like uh, AW's coming back next year. Um, before we let you go, last question. Uh, this was uh brought to uh, me by a friend of the show, Lucas. He said that, uh, or he asked me about what we thought since AW was able to sell out Wembley do you see the WWE running WrestleMania at Wembley at some point?
1: Ooh, I, you know, the, the people of Europe really, I think they kind of make WrestleMania. Mm.
2: And
1: I think you have to go over there. I mean, I think they burned it. Um, they haven't had a, a major pay-per-view, I mean, uh, what they do the, uh, the Clash at the Castle... Which
0: was probably the best show that they put on last year.
1: Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, that's not really one of their... Every um, year, just like a, a special event like the Saudi or the Australia event.
2: Uh,
1: mm-hmm. And, you know, the... the the European fans really make the, the WrestleMania and the role after wrestling. And I think they kind of deserve the opportunity to have it live. I mean, at least once.
0: Mm. Um, I, I think it depends on how all, all in does next year, because this is the first time AEW has been overseas and AEW is obviously more popular. So it's going to be kind of one of those, like I had to be at the first one type of mentalities when you bought tickets. So I'm curious to see how well it does in year two. And I think if it does well in its second year, then yeah, maybe the WWE visits that at some point, like maybe if not WrestleMania, then perhaps SummerSlam, which is their second biggest event of the year, bringing that back to, to the uk um but yeah i think it really hinges on how well uh all out does or all in does next year so well uh dude it was awesome having you on uh love shooting the shit about professional wrestling with you um but uh you'll be back sooner rather than later uh Thank you guys and gals for tuning in this week. Uh be sure to follow us on social media. The links are in the show description. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, uh TikTok, which I keep saying that I need to do better at posting videos on TikTok and I'm actually going to have my son my 12-year-old son run me through a training course on how to post videos cuz he's actually become quite good at making videos for TikToks and stuff. So, uh Be sure to follow us on uh, the social media threads. If you like what you heard today, please give us a uh, follow. Give us a five-star review on Apple or Spotify if you listen to us on that. So that'll do it for this week. So until next time, we will talk at you guys later.